Well, last month, Bruce Teitelbaum was with us, a New York City entrepreneur who had one time served as the uh, distinguished chief of staff to Mayor Giuliani, one of the people responsible for this city that I sit in right now in January of 1994, starting a transformation that we enjoyed tremendously for 20 years. Yeah. Basically, 20 years, we enjoyed an amazing transformation of um, this city from what it was pre-January 1994 uh, to what it became in the mid-2000s. And now New York City, I don't have to tell you, those of you who are in this le- in this local area, and probably if you're around the world, you probably know this as well, uh, New York City is suffering. And uh, part of it, of course, because of what happened during COVID-19, but also because of terrible, terrible leadership. And we as a community, both as residents of New York City and as members of the niche Jewish community of New York City are very, very concerned. With all this in mind, I welcome back Bruce Teitelbaum to JM in the AM. Bruce, happy Purim to you, and thanks for joining us this morning at JM in the AM. Thank you, Nachum. Happy Purim to you, too. You remember January 1994 when you were probably sitting around City Hall wondering <laughs> if, in, if, in fact, this city could rebound from what was a very, very tough and long period of time, and then realizing the fruits of your labor all those years later with the crime rate so far down and the burglary and robbery rate so far down, the economy doing so well, and tourism booming. I mean, Bruce, you couldn't move on this island during touristy seasons. It was impossible to get around. And now, yeah, as, no. and now as you posted on social media, unfortunately, at noon on a regular Tuesday, you can get around really easily in Manhattan. It was unbelievable. I was in the city yesterday. I'm not in the city um, much any longer. My kids go to school. Thank God they go to a nice Jewish school in the city. They have in-school learning two days a week. Otherwise, I'm out. But I was in a meeting yesterday in the city, 12 o'clock in the afternoon. I was at Rockefeller Center. There was no one. There was not a single person in the middle of the street at 12 o'clock. I waited there for about three minutes until finally I saw two people walk by. Took the train to go, go back home. There was absolutely no one on the train platform, maybe half a dozen people on the train. The city is in big trouble. Um, COVID certainly, obviously, um, is what hit us very, very hard, but we were deteriorating long before that. Yeah. And as you correctly said, um, we have a problem. There's a great article today in the Post. Bob McManus wrote a terrific article, and he said, we need someone with soul. We need someone with a neshama, who's a strong leader, um, with vision, who doesn't play ideological games and pander to the mob um, to take control of the city. If not, if not, Nachum, I guarantee you and your listeners, this city will never be anywhere near what it was before. And in particular, our community has hundreds of millions, if not billions, invested in communal institutions, schools, and, and, and other, other things here that are going to be at risk. Uh, there is no divine yeah. right that New York remains New York. Yeah, um, although it seems like the leadership thinks there is that divine right. It's amazing to hear them speak as if, yeah, all the tourists are going to be back here in 10 minutes and they're all going to be, you know, covering and blanketing the city. I have my own experience, by the way, this week, which I'm sure you'll find just as horrifying as what you went through at Rockefeller Center. Uh, I was at Mr. Broadway, and you and I know just how much Jewish activity takes place at Mr. Broadway on a regular weekday. It's It's an unbelievable place. It is the hub 
of so much Jewish activity, so many business conversations, so many religious conversations, so many stucca conversations. I'm at Mr. Broadway at 1 p.m. on the 16th of February, and there are two other tables occupied. I mean, a, a Tuesday. I walked outside. I said to myself, is today Sunday? Like, that's the way to see yeah. it. looked like downtown on a Sunday, not even midtown on a Sunday. By the way, with all this in mind and, and, and very concerned about leadership, I, don't, I think I'm accurate in saying that at this point, you're not even supporting anyone specifically, right? This is not, we're not having one of those, oh, let's vote for this guy or this woman conversation. This is just a, we better pay careful attention in terms of the landscape of potential leadership in this city because our lives are at stake, frankly. Absolutely. Look, you know, there are citywide races, the mayor, the controller. I think there are about 25 or 30 open city council races, four of the DA races. This is serious stuff. Um, another terrible thing people don't realize is that coming out of COVID, when we're going to need the most experienced, seasoned leadership, 75 to 80% of the city's political leadership is going to change. And a lot of those people are going to be new. And if we don't wake up, I would say a good percentage of those people will be Democrat socialists, many of them open anti-Semites um, who have a vision of New York that is very different from the vision that you and I have and your listeners have. So we need to wake up, and you're right, at this point, there are a few people that I'm working with and trying to help. Um, ultimately, I will, I will come out in the group that I've started. will come out to support someone. Um, but it's not about me. It's about the tens of thousands of, of, of people in our community who need to come out and vote um, and make their voices heard, or else there's going to be big trouble. By the way, you'd also recommend, and, and if this changes 10 people, it's worth mentioning, you'd also recommend become an official member of the Democratic Party right now, correct? Yeah, unfortunately, the date for that, I believe, has passed. I thought wow. the cutoff was February. 4th. Yeah, but I did speak to a lot of folks, people you know, uh, in Queens, uh, who um, had a, a great effort to, to change, I was going to say convert, um, to flip <laughs> people from de- Republicans to Democrats. So, look, I- I'm a Republican, but I'm going to vote um, now for the first time in a long time in the Democratic primary right. so that we can have a voice in what happens. People have to remember also the upcoming election is occurring in June, first right. time that's ever happened. Usually the election, as you know, is, is really during Russia Hashanah time, but it's right. in September. Um, the primary this year will be in June, um, and you will have seven months between the primary and then the uh, new, new mayor and controller and other people being installed. So this is a very strange time, and, and I keep urging people, especially in our community, to pay attention um, there are people running for the city council now who are openly calling for the abolishment of private ownership. Uh, there's a mayoral candidate who's running. Many of you people listen to your show are in the real estate business and in related businesses, legal, accounting, finance. Um, he wants to mandate that all future development in New York, private development, be done for affordable housing, no profit any longer. Um, these are crazy ideas. Um, that could come to pass. This is a democracy. We have a, a city council and a mayor. They can pass any kind of crazy law they want. Um, and then when they do, it's too late. Yeah, and as we saw with what happened with state government. Bruce Teitelbaum is with us. All right, you, you don't have to name names, and it's probably better if you don't. Does anybody out there have a soul? <laughs> Does anybody uh, of the list of <laughs> the people that you're meeting with and the list of people you're seeing, are, is there any soulful person in that list? 
Yeah, yeah, there are. You know, there are some really good people out there, people I've met, some people I'm working with quietly, who I do think have a neshama, who do think have a soul, people who um, I think are well-intentioned. Um, the problem is we're in such a crazy environment that a lot of these people are afraid right. to come out and speak their mind and their heart. They're afraid to get bullied and canceled. Um, it's a very, very bad environment out there. But one piece of good news, a few days ago, Linda Sassor that vicious anti-Semite and hater, um, she began to get active, came out and actually attacked Andrew Yang, um, who was running for mayor, um, and tweeted a very nice thing about her dear friend, Maya Wiley, who was also running for mayor. Mm -hmm. Maya um, was Bill de Blasio's counsel um, when she worked in government. So what's that old expression? You can judge your friends (laughs) by who they're, your enemies by who their friends are, something like that. The the company Um, they keep, right? By the cup that they keep, so at least we know who Linda Sassor doesn't like, um, uh, and I would keep an eye on her uh, and the folks that she works with, because they're going to be very active in trying to elect. I should tell you what's happening. The Democratic Socialists and Sassor and her crowd are trying to uh, put together a slate of candidates to get elected to the city council, and then work together to elect the next speaker. The speaker, as you know, is the second most powerful person in the city. Now, if that happens, um, New York will quickly degenerate into Portland, Seattle, San Francisco, or worse. Um, And that's the real danger. Um, There are many races in in, in the city now in areas that you're familiar with. Flatbush, Midwood, Manhattan Beach, Regal Park, other areas where there are candidates running that we need to support. Get them elected so they could stand up to the craziness that's coming our way. Boy, Bruce Teitelbaum was with us. Um, you know, one other point, just circling back to how I started this conversation, and I don't know if you've written a book about it yet or if you plan on it, but, you know, you sat there in 1994. Uh, you, you were on the front lines of a tremendous transformation and one that all of us, you know, enjoyed and reaped the benefits of, et cetera. Um, it, it, it is, it, it, can you even describe how difficult it is. My point being, people think, like some of our leadership today, and like I just said, at the snap of a finger, you know, 100 million tourists are going to be visiting New York again. Can you describe how each and every one of those categories, each and every one of those uh, specific areas of New York, whether it be, you know, the, the tourism, the crime, and all the other categories, every one of them needed such serious work and attention in order to transform the city into what we remember. And if people think it's going to happen in an instant, that'll never happen like that. We need people with the vision, the guidance, the ability to delegate, you know, who can who can see, you know, what's down the road and the potential that New York has and implement the system. Yeah, it's not, you know, running New York is not an easy thing. It's a, it's a today a 90 plus billion dollar corporation in essence. It's a tough place to run. Thankfully, back then, and with your help, you were involved a lot, folks, that you recommended. I remember working with the late Rabbi Sherish, rest in peace, a great man, people that are good, other people in the city who had a wealth of talent. And and we use those folks, and we work with them very closely. But you're right, running the city is a very complex, difficult thing. And if you do A, it affects B, which affects C. People are just deluding themselves if they think that some magic wand will be waved over the city, and in a few months, things will get back to normal. It's not true. Um, it's simply not true, and I don't think people understand that back in the 90s and back even when Bloomberg was mayor, the city was different. It was demographically different. There were different uh, different people who had a different focus about what was right and wrong. 
Uh, and, and the political climate is totally different today than it was 10, 15, 20 years ago. I'm not saying that all hope is lost. What I am saying, and I keep saying it, and thank you for allowing me the platform, we have well over a million Jews in the city who are registered to vote. They need to go out and vote in massive numbers. They need to go out and vote this election, and they need to make their voices heard. Otherwise, um, when things start getting worse and worse, there's no reason to complain. Uh, in the last election, you know, last citywide election, about 20%, only 20% of the registered voters in the city voted. Right. That means 80% of the folks who were allowed to vote just sat home and didn't vote. And then they complained when things went bad. So you're right, very tough job. You need a lot of competent, strong, goodwill people who work in government and outside of government. The, the absence of that, you see the results. You know, someone made a comment to me about the Gennaro special election, which and I'm so glad that that result uh, happened. Mm-hmm. Someone made a comment to me that it was amazing to watch the community in Queens, and they meant this strictly as a compliment, the community in Queens, how they listened to the rabbis, how they listened to community leaders, and went out and got it done. Why is, why, yeah. why is that an exception? Why, why can't... Our communities in Brooklyn and other places, you know, be as active when 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 told logically why they should be more active when it comes to election day. Yeah, well, a couple of things. First of all, you're right. The community in Queens and there are folks that we both know um, who did a terrific job. That's a great example of when the Jewish community had a very very important role yeah. in defeating a woman who was a DSA Democrat socialist um, candidate. She was defeated, thankfully. And handily, Look, I think and really defeated. I mean, big numbers. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, big numbers. And I think the Jewish community deserves a lot of credit, and the leaders there do as well. Look, you know as well as I do, unfortunately, a lot of the Rabbanim, the, a lot of the community leaders just don't want to get involved in politics. They think it's not you know, something they should be doing, get their hands dirty. The sad reality is that, that unfortunately, unless you do get involved, you don't have a voice. Yeah. I think a lot of rabbis and a lot of leaders just don't want to rock the boat. I think some of them don't think it's as important as, as, as it really is. And I, I think others just don't really understand um, the connection uh, between yeshiva funding, tuition tax credits, which we've been trying to get for years, uh, public safety. All of these things are connected to the people we elect. And I just, look, I, I, I hate to say it, but, you know, when you and I worked together, when I was in government, there were so many powerful, strong, thoughtful leaders both uh, in, in, in the rabbinate and also lay leadership, who just really stepped up and government they, lead, and government leaders in our community, and gov- well. right? And, go- and we all work together. We all work together today. Sad to say, I just don't think we have that deep of a bench. I don't mean to say that pejoratively, right. but I think that's part of the problem. And I think there are though people out there, some great people out there. They need to step up and, and assume even a bigger role than they ordinarily would. And I hope that happens for everyone's sake. Yeah, well, well said, to say the least. And we'll have more information. We don't have a call to action yet other than everyone make sure they're registered and everyone make sure to keep spreading the word about voting. But we'll have more to stay say. Stay tuned. Yeah, stay tuned is stay right. Tuned. We'll, we'll have more to say on a lot working, of these things. Yeah, I'm working I'm working on things. People are working. And, and thank you for, for allowing us to get the word out. This is gonna, going to be a critically, critically important election coming up. So I thank you very much for the opportunity. A pleasure, Bruce. Happy Purim, and thanks so much for joining Happy us. Happy Purim. Bruce Teitelbaum, he says it, he just gets right to the point. I love that about speaking to him on the air. He he breaks it down and gets right to the point. we got to be more involved, and we got to understand what's happening around us. And there's a primary coming up in June. That's now. It's in four months. It's now.
March, April, May, June. It's less than four months. I assume it's at the beginning of June. It's less than four months. We've got to uh, we've got to uh, take action, everybody, and do what is our right to do, and that is to uh, vote, get involved, and choose a candidate with soul. Let's find that neshama, as Bruce said, uh, that will hopefully be able to guide New York to uh, back to an era of prosperity, not to this era of desolation that we're in now. Did you hear those two things Bruce spoke about Rockefeller Center yesterday? I spoke about Mr. Broadway from last week. Frightening, absolutely frightening, even with the COVID thing, frightening. 